This is Brian Winerdy from the Talking Bay 94 podcast, and you are listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. Just as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Good show for you tonight as my guest is Brandon Winerdy of Talking Bay 94. Brandon runs that podcast which focuses on getting the stories from the cast, crew, and creators of that franchise we all know and love. His passion and persistence has paid we, the listener, huge dividends and hours of great entertainment and information I just don't think we would have gotten in any other format. It's one of my favorite shows to listen to, and I've been wanting to have him on the show for a while. So as you can imagine, I was very tickled. We said yes to strapping up the mic and giving me a little bit of his time. We will listen to that interview with Brandon here in a few minutes. I just need to get some homestead keeping out of the way first. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to it. All right, not too much on the homestead keeping this week. I am keeping an eye still on the prices for these Mandalorian Season 2 hobby boxes, which continue to kind of rise in price. And when I kind of take a look at the big three, as it were, I'm still seeing prices that are tipping up. You know, we're getting into as much as $169 um, on Steel City. If I went over to if I went over to Dave and Adams and Blowout, I'm seeing them for about the same price. And so, whereas last year we had these boxes, as we've talked about on the program, you know, pre-order for in the 70s, and they started kind of creeping up um, earlier. I've been kind of tracking this and putting the uh, prices as well as the link in the show notes. But I've been seeing the prices creep up steadily to the point where I think if you are the casual collector, I'm afraid by the time we do get to release date here in May, that that may put this out of the range of those who just kind of like to have them or kind of like really like the the Mandalorian, and uh, it may put them more in the uh, more in the hands of the the harder core collector. Um, and also, this is once again this is a side side effect of the sports card boom which is driving prices up across the board uh, i know my friends on the marvel side as well at the marvel card collectors podcast have also been talking about this and so you're just seeing prices go up uh, even if we look at the masterwork uh, hobby box which you know for 2019 uh, was retailing for 200 dollars, which is one of the bigger more expensive sets on the uh, Star Wars side, I'm now seeing them sell for about $500 on some of the retail sites. Um, and some of the sports card prices are just um, bat, bat crazy at this point. So my suggestion is, is if you are, have you been following along the podcast and you were kind of like the casual collector or, you know, the casual to, to heavy collector, um, if you're a base chaser like me, it may, it may put this particular set out of reach a bit. Or I may want to attack it either with blaster boxes if I can get my hands on them. Um, I also see on Steel City that you can pre-order blaster boxes, which I might recommend because the prices are still close to uh, what you'd expect to pay at retail without having to fight with people who are grabbing them up. Um, if I was going to buy a blaster box off of Steel City, I might buy two or three, and that way the uh, the shipping hit uh, makes it somewhat 
reasonable. And, you know, for 60, 60 ish dollars, you do get a, a lot of cards there with still the chance for an auto um, or another type of hit, but it is a little more rare than your hobby box. But uh, we may be in this uh, price escalation for a while. So it kind of bears uh, a little bit of patience uh, on the uh, on the buyer part i do notice also on some of these uh the big three that i like to call them is some of the older boxes are still selling at a pretty decent price even at a discount so you may just want to hold off and wait until the exuberance dies down and then dive back in later and you might find these hobby boxes even uh at, that are being gobbled right, right now uh, might be a buyer's market later, so uh, all, patience is a virtue as well. I'm also seeing prices for living set cards uh, on the secondary market go up as well. Uh, so you'll hear me and you'll, you'll see me uh, post these on usually Tuesdays uh, when Topps releases their new living set duo. That uh, might be the cheapest way to buy them there is to buy them because they usually start off singles for about 8 and you can buy the... Uh, the, the two card set for about $12 with free shipping, which I think is the way to go. And a lot of times you get, I mean, a lot of times you'll get the characters you really like anyway. Plus, Chris Penix's art is phenomenal. Uh, I'm happy I have what I have. And, uh, you know, I've been kind of thinking about going back over and getting some of the ones I am missing. Uh, but, you know, at this point, it may it may make sense for me to uh, take a little bit of time and uh, hold off until some of these uh, prices. I don't, I don't know how long we're going to be in as far as this uh, price escalation, uh, but it doesn't appear to be going away anytime soon. Uh, we do know that there's not a whole lot of uh, Star Wars product this year, as I have said before. Uh, so patience might be a virtue. Uh, there's still ways you can find Holocron out there at a decent deal. There's still hobby boxes out there uh, as well as blaster boxes. So, you know, on some of these kind of sets, just take your time and enjoy it. Uh, might also be a good time on eBay because I've seen some of the prices there go up, but there are still there's still deals to be had there. And if you're still trying to put together cards in your collection from whatever set, um, patience and a little bit of time, and I think that, that kind of pays off. Um, at any rate, enough on that. Uh, something else, you know, of course, we've had uh, our share of uh, drama in the... Uh, in the uh, Star Wars universe uh, of late, and uh, I won't necessarily get too much into that because I don't necessarily think when these things happen, you know, I, I pre-record uh, a lot of these interviews, uh, obviously, and, uh, you know, if I kind of got on my soapbox here, I think that would kind of take away from my guest a little bit and kind of put them at a bit of a disadvantage because that would kind of link them to, to my thoughts and opinions on it. Uh, so a, a lot of times I, I try not to take uh, too much of a stance on here because, like I said, in uh, as respect to my guests and the audience as well, uh, that's something, like I said, when I'm talking to a guest, like in my interview with Brandon, you know, we had the advantage, even though we didn't, you know, we knew each other uh, socially on, on the uh, social medias. Um, you know, social media, as you know, is not necessarily so much of a back and forth where you can kind of, you know, talk and listen. Uh, a lot of it is post and react. And I think that's across the board. And I saw that. And, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I love I love my Star Wars. I love all the Star Wars. Um, but, you know, it's hard to escape it. You know, a lot of times we escape into this hobby as a way to get away from the real world. And a lot of times when the, the real world kind of comes into this, it really uh, it's like a it's like a ping pong ball in a tornado. It just kind of bounces around and it causes a lot of damage. And uh, so, you know, I'm. If it's been a stressful week for you, I'm, I'm I'm really sorry, and you know, on on whatever, and it just it's uh, it's something where you know, a friend of mine and I will often have uh, bagels on Saturday. That's kind of our ritual, right? We get up in the morning, and have some bagels, uh, 
and uh, we kind of sit there uh, and uh, kind of talk things out. And sometimes we don't necessarily always agree on stuff, but we have that, there's that time and there's that space. And I just think in some, some ways, as great as social media is across all the ones I've seen, and whether you're in a group, whether you're on you know, Twitter, Snapchat, or whatever, uh, it's, a great, it's a great platform. But sometimes uh, for the conversations like that, it, it lacks a little bit. And uh, like I said, I, th- I think, you know, we haven't with the pandemic as well had a whole lot of chances to kind of sit down and talk with other folks, um, you know, face to face, whether it's our family, whether it's our, our close relatives, our friends, our grandparents, what have you. Uh, so, you know, it's a really hard time. Uh, but I think in these times, I think it takes uh, it's the onus is on us to reach out more and try to communicate and listen as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's something that's really tough, and, you know, it's why when I have my conversations with folks, I really want them to be more of a conversation because, you know, I'm dying to talk to new folks as well. And, uh, you know, it's just something where you have that back and forth. And a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll turn my video on with guests just to kind of go, just to have that interaction that sometimes we would maybe have at a con or we would have in a group or at a Starbucks or things like that. And, uh, you know, these are, these are precious things we have. And uh, it's something where... I hope we do kind of learn to to communicate more with each other and take these platforms that we are on and try to do our best uh, to communicate, uh, to listen, and to be respectful of others. And uh, that that's just, like I said, those are my feelings on it. And like I said, I didn't necessarily want to take away from anything, but um, that, that was what I was hoping to say. And I appreciate uh, all the listener feedback I get um, when, when people reach out. Uh, but when people do, I really appreciate the feedback on it. And uh, for me, this is kind of like a conversation. But like I said, yeah, it's a one-sided conversation, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm talking, you're listening. And uh, so, you know, when I get that feedback back, it really helps me out. And uh, hopefully it starts something. That's what I would say. At any rate, that's my, uh, that's my piece. That's my soapbox, as it were. Um, let's get into my conversation with Brendan, and I'll catch you on the other side. If they don't go for this, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quick, Chewy. <laughs> I am completely ambushing you with this beginner question okay because i think it's time and what you can't see because we've got the skype background is i've got family and friends back here and i really this is this is an ebay intervention oh no and i really oh, need no. to know you know you know we, we really need to talk about the, this lucasfilm and you know yeah. the, the ilm ebay ebay hunt <laughs> and how far are you how far have you taken this and how far are you willing to take this so I'm glad we're having this conversation tonight. And thank you for setting up this intervention. That that really does mean a lot, even though this is the first we time love we're meeting. You. We love you, Brandon. Yeah, we just want to. Yeah, this is very nice of you. That being said, yesterday, I don't, uh, yesterday I'd been tracking it for a week, two weeks, and I had bids in and I was ready. There was a Lucasfilm Ski Club jacket. <laughs> Beautiful. One, like the, and we can talk about why I, I like these. But they're from the 80s. I've never seen one on sale. And I was ready. I was like, I can get this. And I had it. I think it was like 75 bucks. If we're talking about limits, it was like 75 bucks. I was like, okay, I'm going to wait until, you know, the 30 second mark, 15 second mark. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have my bid mm-hmm. with a weird number up. It was like a, it was like 157.73 was like my night. It was like something like wow. that. I was like, I was prepared to double it. And I was like, this is the furthest I've ever gone to buy something this <laughs> dumb. And then it went up because the guy that had been winning, I didn't want to like startle him, right? You know, so I didn't do anything until the very end. And the guy had set it. So I saw it go up 160, 175. And then it ended, I think, at 220. 
and I didn't, and I could have, and I was like, you know what? Let me not, even though <laughs> it really is beautiful. It's you can go to my Twitter, you can see it, and you be like, Brandon, you probably should have spent that money. Um, but yeah, so that's where the limit is. Um, but yeah, in the twenty to forty range is where I normally play around and end up with some stuff every so often. I think the shot of you saluting in front of the Enterprise probably tells me what I need to know about this question, but I have a feeling that this goes back pretty far with you. Um, As far as when you honestly started going after this kind of stuff, I mean, everybody's got their own own toy and, and... you know, skeleton, Star Wars skeletons in their closet, but right. this this type of collection, and it's something I've been, you know, when the last couple of years of, of people going after certain things, this has kind of fascinated me since I started, you know, kind of following you on mm-hmm. Twitter. Is the spe- specificity? Uh, I couldn't even say that right. Of this type of this type of collectible, can you talk mm-hmm. about where that comes from? Yeah, um, and it, it's funny that you bring up specificity. See, I was trying to so to much better than I said. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Because it's from growing up, I grew up in, and since we're on a card show, I can talk because I grew up in Dallas. I grew up in Plano, Texas. And if you were a Star Wars fan 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you'd be very familiar with official picks and all the things that they were doing with autographs and with, with shows. And they were the ones putting on celebrations in the autograph halls, but they were based in Dallas. And so I grew up five minutes away from they called it Star Wars Fan Days. They did two or three of them. They were pretty much the same caliber of guest list that you would get at a Star Wars celebration, but five minutes away from my house as a 15-year-old. So I met Robert Watts and Don Bees and Dave Filoni and like like crazy people came through. Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, everyone came through. But it really kind of ignited that love of kind of the behind the scenes, the weird stuff, the the stuff that maybe is harder to find or harder to get. Um, and it kind of just spiraled from there where even like my collection, if I collect action figures, it's very, you know, it's only the McCory concept ones or the expanded universe ones. And if I collect gentle giant, it's only the McCory busts. And so it's always kind of skewed towards the behind the scenes. And then as I've kind of, kind of gotten older and had more purchasing power, it's become, okay, let me try to get things that were involved in making something and that i mean you can you can trace that through everything i do <laughs> right the <laughs> podcast or how i talk or whatever it is um but it's something about like kind of tangibly you know interacting with it and, and owning a part of it i think is, is something that's always kind of um tantalizing so it, you know and i think that you know depending upon where we work or over our career you know we, we've we've if we've been fortunate enough to be at places where that they slap their logo on something you know it's I know that feeling of getting that thing that has it, you know, and then you, after a while, and if you work there for a while, if you're fortunate enough, you start gathering this stuff up and it's, you look back and you start thinking like, oh my gosh, they made, they put it on a towel, they put it on a, on a water bottle or things like that. And you start thinking about these, you know, the story behind these collectibles, which I always think is kind of fascinating. It's like, you know, who thought of putting it on a blank? And uh, I do have to say, like I said, I'm front I'm front loading this this discussion with a couple <laughs> of questions that have been, you know it's one of those where if I had if I had Brandon for about a good twenty minutes I'd ask I mean what is one of the oddest things so far that you have seen one of the big mm-hmm. logos on that you go I really I, I have to spend the rest of my life 
getting that person who made this call on this podcast. <laughs> let me let me tell you what I have. I own it because it is the the worst thing I've ever bought, but also something I use almost every day, which is my Skywalker Ranch butter dish. <laughs> And it's it's beautiful. It's ceramic. It's you know you have to hand wash it, and the ranch is imprinted on this ceramic butter dish. And I'm like, how did this exist? Why do I own this? It's in my kitchen. Like I mean, uh, it's like a piece of fine china. So yes, I, I think that would be great. I have. I mean, I'm not going to say their names or spoil it, but you can tell with with PayPal and with you know how you buy eBay things. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this was this ILM guy just sold this to me like i know who this is or like i've interviewed this guy <laughs> you know like <laughs> that's happened a couple times and so it's kind of funny seeing um that come through but yes the skywalker ranch butter dish i think is the worst thing i've ever bought <laughs> and and probably the one that uh would cause the most questions you know in in a former life i was a marketing manager and yeah. i remember you'd get these catalogs or you'd look at this thing you'd get and you go I was so jealous of the budgets these places must have had <laughs> that this would have flown through going, yeah, sure, go ahead. And, and Because you know you have to yeah. order this stuff, you know, by, you know, by the network pound. And, you go, you know, when you're thinking like, well, maybe we can get it on a pen, you know, or you see now it's like, you know, these little offers for pens will come by for 50 bucks for 100 going, okay, there we go. There, there's something in my range. Right. But I, some of these you just have to go, this, this is just nuts. Um but I, it's funny when you want to have that connection with, you know, with a brand or something that means so much that you just go, you know. But now I think, do you have a place for, you know, where these different items or is it just scattered amongst, you know, the rest of the stuff? Yeah, I mean, I have. So I don't know if you're familiar with Gus Lopez. Do you know Gus Lopez? He's like Steve, it's Steve Sansweet's like the number one, right? right the number right. one club. Gus Lopez is like the number two, okay? <laughs> Gus Lopez is like... He works in for Amazon in Seattle or something, and it, like he before during quarantine because I'm Facebook friends with him, and during quarantine at the very beginning of it, he, every night it was wonderful. He would go through his apartment or sorry his house, and do a Facebook live of like here's what I own, and he was like here's my guest bedroom and here's my screen used Tie Fighter, here is my Endor bunker, here is my Death Star turret, like the real <laughs> the real things, <laughs> and then he had a room. That was like, and here are all my cast and crew items. Here are all my shirts. And he had them all kind of laid out. And he had a few that were on um, mannequins and stuff like that. And so that's the goal. One day, just maybe one room of the stuff. Right now, like you're saying, it's a little scattered. I have a couple that are on display. I have a couple that are um, in flat files or in storage. And then I have a couple, like especially the T-shirts or the button-downs or the sweaters or whatever I have now, <laughs> um, are kind of just in a nice pile in part of my closet and really don't get a lot of like daily wear, um, but kind of just separate from everything. That, all right. I, I promise I won't go too far on that. I just, the, no, please keep going. No, the, the one thing that's nice about like the different mediums, right. And, you know, mm. when you're doing this either on Instagram or Twitter, you know, Instagram is a highlight reel, you know, Twitter is kind of a mm. conversation, the different, or, you know, Facebook, different, all different animals. But you start to, I think, like I said, once you kind of like when you're kind of paying attention to your feed and you see things, these are the things I think that I enjoy most of all. And especially if I end up you know, getting that person on the show where you start finding out the things that bring these people joy, like whether it's a character, mm -hmm. um, even and, and this will come out long after this. But uh, there was, oh, yeah, you were you were talking with the fella who had done 
Poggle the Lesser. The <laughs> was that um was that Pride Stride. or Stride? And mm. it was only because I listened to a, a podcast, the the Card Trader Illuminati, and Michael Nip on <laughs> Twitter uh, was a big hoarder of that particular card. And, and you know, it's uh-huh. just one of those where it's just over time you listen to this and you find it and you go, well, okay, he's got to listen to this one because he's a big Poggle fan. Yeah. Or, you know, if I see something come up of, you know, the Emperor or, you know, of this or that, I, mm-hmm. I you know, as divisive as the fandom can be, I find when I see something that I know that that person really likes or that person gets into, you know, like, that's what I find like, brings me more joy now is like connecting these two or connecting things that go, you really like that. I know here's a cool thing I found that has this on it. And even if it's not something that I like or I am huge into, for whatever reason, you know, you, you, you pinned your tail to that one. That's awesome. And then <laughs> when you see that kind of the, the ping pong ball, I think that's the best of what we can do. And so that's yeah. now, like I said, it goes back into it goes back into these these eBay things that you're chasing that will just pop up randomly. <laughs> right. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no countdown to it. It's like, hey, by the way, I'm following. This is just like, tell me not to buy this. And, you know, most times you're telling me like, <laughs> but, you know, my figure, my job is now as a follower of you is, you know, if it's below a certain price, must you know, screw it, buy it. Um, it right. brings you joy, go buy it. You know, if it's like $2,000 or something like that, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's the other thing because you don't really Love know me. the person on the other. You're like, he could be serious, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'll tell you a secret for the podcast. I'll tell you a secret, Greg, which is if I tweet it, if I tweet it and it's not an, like an ended auction or anything like that, or, you know, if it, if it's still live, I probably don't really want it. <laughs> right. Because for instance, and I may, cause like, because there are people that follow me that also would want that and then go and bid on it. Right. And then I'm screwed. Right. So if they don't know about it, then I can get it. And then I can say, look what I bought. So you'll notice whenever I say, don't let me buy it, I never buy it. Really? <laughs> the only exception. And I regret it. And it was very recent. The only exception. Because as, as we branch and we talk about what we collect and what we like, one of the things I've started to kind of delve into a little bit more, kind of combining my love of theme parks and is like vintage Star Tours and Indiana Jones Disney merch mm. before Disney bought Star Wars. So like the 80s, 90s. And there was a beautiful... Indiana Jones, Stunt Spectacular, MGM Studios, Pennant, Felt Pennant, like for Ooh. a sports team. And it was like $60, and I put in an offer for like 40 And during that time, I just screenshot it, and I was like, look at this. And then it got bought. There was a buy it now, and someone bought it Aww. like within like three minutes of me posting. And I was like, I should not have posted that. So <laughs> all that to be said, if I post, don't let me buy this. That's that's the trade secret. I pr- you should probably just go look on eBay and be like, oh, there are five other things Brandon is the highest bidder on right now. That's why he's posting this on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, of course, you know, we are the worst, you know, our community is the worst enablers ever. We have no qualms to tell us, like, no, you really need to have that. Or, like, you know, all of us now, you see now these shots of all these cases and things like that that would get, get me pretty much divorced in a heartbeat. Um, but <laughs> the second thing, it was funny when everybody has values or their limits and, you know, I, I've been following something on eBay and by this time, hopefully by the time someone hears this, hopefully I will bought it. So someone, someone came to me, a, a good friend came to me and says, look, I'm, I'm thinking about selling some stuff. What do you think the values are? And I kind of, I was really going low. Cause I was like, well, you know, I think it's mm-hmm. this, cause I'm always thinking of, of, from the buyer. I'm like, well, it should be that maybe a little bit higher than that. 
And then I first right. I first saw the the, the initial offer because you know he was given some better advice and said go go buy it go yeah. sell it try it for this you know see what you can get. And I'm sitting here grousing over an auction that is literally like thirty nine dollars shipped. I'm sitting there like grousing over this is the thing I want, <laughs> right. and I'm still like just hesitant to push the button. I'm such a cheapskate yeah. when it comes to this. And I'm like, hopefully yeah. by this time I'll I'll have said in the show it's like I did buy the thing that I'm not gonna. But it was it's a, you know it's it's a it's a you know it's a plate type one of those printing plate cards that I don't have. I have yeah. not. I've yet to pull one of those things. But I'm like. Just buy it. Just buy the dumb thing. So it's one of those, you know, I'm I'm the worst when it comes to comes to doing this because I'm like I, I'm I'm like you. I'm the sniper that gets you know like near the end. You're like okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and really, I you love think... the deal. Man. I love I love I love like the I got it for fifteen bucks and I know it's worth three hundred dollars. Like I love that. That's like my favorite thing. So I'll do that every time. And I really I, I start to feel like. You know, I, I really start to, then you feel bad for the person you, that had it right up until about two seconds before. Yeah. And then you're just like, no, the, a cruel, a cruel mistress, uh, eBay is, um, <laughs> yeah. One thing that I liked, and this is, like I said, you will have had a few more episodes out, but I thought this was one of the reasons why I absolutely love talking Bay 94 and you had Paul Davids. Now to, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I was overseas for most of the nineties. I was one of those, mm-hmm. like, when someone said, oh, you must have been on a desert island not to have seen this come out. Technically, I was on an island in the Pacific when all this stuff came out. But <laughs> you were talking to Paul Davids about, you know, the glove of, of Darth Vader. And one thing that I really loved about that particular interview, and I think this happens a lot, is you know enough, and I think you're, you're savvy enough to go, let him go. Whatever time you're yeah. going to give me, and I think this is in, indicative of the guests that you get. You know, this is not their time is not infinite with you. And you go, there's so much we could talk about. We could talk for the afternoon, but I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm going to let you go. And as I was sitting there going through my, you know, my, my desk at work, going through or you know through the commute and all this, I'm just I'm loving it because I'm like, I know how little time you probably had. And every last syllable he was saying was exactly what was needed, <laughs> what you're wanting. You're like, yes. And to me, that's almost the perfect re- interview. I'm even talking too much. Uh-huh. like, set him up, let him go. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you the secret. And even Paul David's interview is a great example. Because, again, I, <laughs> as evidenced probably by li- the person listening to this episode, I'm like, oh, this guy sucks. Which is, <laughs> I just cut myself out of the show. I just like you. You're like, wow, Brandon's so measured and he's so calm, Ronald. No, I just cut it out. People have no <laughs> idea. It's gone. Like it's like me like fumbling over words or me like going on too long for a setup. And it's like, nope, it's gone. It's gone. Nope, they don't need to hear me go. Oh yes, aha, uh-huh, that was great. It's gone. And so like Paul Davids, I think I cut like 35 <laughs> minutes from that interview. <laughs> so, well, uh, for multiple different reasons, which I will not uh, delve into publicly. But, uh, yes, most of the interviews have, like, 10 or 15 minutes cut, uh, mostly of me going, like, wow, no, that's incredible. Yes, you are incredible. <laughs> so, uh, my professionalism is um, only evident to the listeners, not necessarily the guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and I've done that, too, where, you know, I'll go back through, I'm listening, and I go, come on, come on, get to it, get to it. And I'll, I'll, I will sometimes go back and go, other than just yeah. repeating it. But what comes across is the fact that, you know, you get these stories, and I would say also, like I said, it was it was a triple header today. But in in, in Richards, 
you know, there was a whole process that we had no idea. I mean, you've talked to a lot of folks behind yeah. the scenes, but in this case, the story about him jumping off of the box several times. Yeah. And now I'm like, I want to go back and watch Attack of the Clones. It's not my favorite of the right. movies, but I want to see that scene again yeah. because now you go, oh my gosh. And I even didn't think about, you know, the Poggle and walking over the wires and things like that. These are the things that, that podcasts, I think, were, were made for. And, and these are the types of conversations that I think you're getting. And, you know, like it's a, it's, you know, Talking Bait 94 is a blueprint I follow when I kind of go, you know, like when I'm listening to and when I'm going through, I'm like, the, this, is, this is the type of show that I like doing is that you're finding these stories, you're finding these people, and it's not, a, they're not, they're getting up there. But yeah. you just you can let them go. But it's when they, when you can tell they're really into it. That's when it's at its fun. Yeah, it really it really is so great. Like you're saying, bringing bringing the stories because it's great talking to, to Dennis Murin and like the big big names and Sam Witwers. That's incredible. Like I you know, <laughs> but almost more enjoyable is talking to the smaller people like Richard Stride, who you know no one really knows who Richard Stride is here in the states at least. He does a lot of conventions in the UK, um, but letting them tell their stories especially the ones that worked on the original trilogy that might not have as big of a name um really like means a lot and like ends up being very um fulfilling for me just kind of hear it and then also be able to share that with with so many people like you're saying like these stories have never really been heard this random ilmer is not going to write a memoir or be interviewed for a rinsler book right and so really the only opportunity they have is to come on my rinky dink podcast and, and tell their stories. And that is a huge honor uh, for me. And I really just can't get over that. Yeah. And just in looking, you know, like in talking with some of the folks I was going through more the the list and I, I gotta, I gotta ask like, you know, to me, you know, I always have this, I have this diagram of it almost as like an onion, right? This is not a Shrek reference. This is an onion, but it is sort of like <laughs> these layers or orbits and I think when you're starting off, you kind of work from the outside and you kind of work your way in. And I think that in some cases, that's how you kind of had to crack the code as it were. You had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, the beginnings and, and, and what was what kind of unlocked a few layers down of this, you know, that yeah. you were able to get and then you got on this role? Yeah, I, I got very lucky early on because, again, having an idea for a Star Wars podcast and then having that idea be I'm going to interview celebrities from Star Wars <laughs> is not the easiest <laughs> thing right, to, to do. I got very lucky, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, with the conventions that were so close to my house and kind of just part of me. I, over time, got connected with a couple of managers. And you'll notice early on in those episodes, even the Dave Dorman interview that you mentioned, are all because of very early on a couple of managers that were responsible for talent going to conventions, taking a chance on me, which I really like was very like, I still, that's like why the Dave Dorman interview, half of that is with the president of cool Watch because right. he took a chance on me three years ago to let him interview a couple of his clients and let me kickstart that show. And so I was able to kind of get that ball rolling. Cause then again, once you're able to say, I'm Brandon, I've interviewed these five people that you know, then that layer unlocks, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm able to talk to someone like Dennis Mearing. So I'm like, I've interviewed all your friends. Like, come, you know, and I, it's it's a little bit easier to to break through. And so that was the first breakthrough, the second breakthrough, and then the third breakthrough. I've been very lucky recently, really in this past like six months, seven months, to then be a little more 
tied with some official promotional partners like Delray or Disney Books mm-hmm. or Inside Editions, that kind of thing. Um, and that's been, again, a huge joy and a huge honor just to be able to, like, again, be professional, be a press, you know, member of the press for for Star Wars and then get interviews that way. Um, and so, like, and then I don't know what, like, right now, for instance, Wednesday, I don't have an episode. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of, uh, it comes in droves and it comes in waves. And I've just been very lucky to to have talked to, we're almost at 100 people. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Uh, and uh, I'm just very lucky that so many people have taken my um, cold emails and been like, yep, sure, um, I'll come on your show. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. So. <laughs> and another thing I think that I've kind of taken from, you know, when I'm working on booking guests is, you know, you cast a wide net and then you go be, and I think he mentioned this where it's like, you know, I'm going to ask X number of folks. I know I'm going to get responses from, in this case, I'll get responses from this. And so you kind of have this revolving, you know, trail of, I've got this one, this one coming up, you know, I'm in a weird case where now I have a bunch, you know, all together and you go for times mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, it's going to be, and then you're starting to go, okay, someone really needs to, otherwise, you know, and I also yeah. have, I also have the ones where I'm like, all right, I guess it's going to be me tonight and I'm going <laughs> to go, um, but now I've kind of yeah. figured, but I mean, I think you've also kind of had to figure out, you know, given that your guest list, you know, is, can be, you know, kind of comes in bunches about your release schedule and how you mm-hmm. do it and how you, you know, do you, how far in advance, if you don't mind me asking, how far have you kind of sketched it out? Because also you have a a pool that is, I mean, I guess you could say is infinite, but isn't, if you know what I mean, as right. far as like their, you know, their availability and, you know, quite frankly, their age in some cases. Right. And, and even we're getting to a point now, and I'm, I will never run out of people that worked on Star Wars to interview, but really, I, I can how I do it. I don't know about you. I have a Google Doc, and I just pretty much whenever I read a book, a making of book, or whenever I watch a documentary or read a Star Wars Insider interview, I'm like, oh, that's a good name, and I write that down. And then a couple of weeks later, we'll go and look up contact information and figure it out. Um, and so it really is dependent on. I've been trying. I mean, since probably July, I've been every week. Um, and this will be probably the first week besides like Christmas that I didn't do an episode. Um, and, but like you're saying, it's tough for me because then I can't be like, well, this episode is uh, Brandon talking because <laughs> people are gonna be like, no, 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 uh, no, 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 this is not what we want. Please get out of here. Uh, so it's, it's interesting for me just to like try to book cause you're saying like cast a wide net. And so whenever I have time, like right now work has been busy. And so I don't have that kind of bandwidth to just churn out like all these emails and facebook messages and whatever it is um but really yeah it's like okay let me send out 40 requests and i will hear back from six and two of them will be no's one of them will be a maybe and we'll get through you know what i mean and so it's kind of Mm -hmm. just like making your way through doing a bunch of follow-ups i have some that i've been talking to for like three years (laughs) that like keep pushing it or keep you know be like hey i'm busy and the and they are rightfully busy because they are there's a couple of them that are like the guys working on (laughs) the things i'm like yes i know you're busy because i know where you are right now and i know that you can't come on my my little podcast (laughs) it's okay blank blank like it's okay like i'm not worried about it um but thank you for returning my email so 
Um, it's just kind of an interesting um, surprise because, again, like I'll send the emails out and then three weeks later I'll get a response from someone or I'll send a Facebook message out. And then, you know, a month later, the guy will accept my friend request and then say, yep, sure, let's do it. Uh, that's how like Kirk Thatcher happened. Like he, he I sent him a thing a year ago <laughs> and then he responded. And then a day later we recorded and then it was that Wednesday's episode. So like it just kind of um, it's just it, it really is dependent on the guest and it kind of has kept it fresh, I guess, for me over the past few years. So something also I'd, I'd have to probably say now, you know, I've been fortunate now. I I pretty much have gotten good response as far as like getting people to take Skype. But I have a feeling that you've had to probably record audio a few different ways. Are, are you able to kind of go into some of the more interesting ways you've had to try to capture a conversation for a podcast? <laughs> so, yes. And really, I use Skype as well for everything besides because now Zoom has been very good. Because now, especially the actors are very familiar with Zoom because of the quarantine, so they're able to just kind of do it, and I can record through Zoom. But I can record how my setup works. I can record any audio that's come through the computer. And so with Skype, what I did, especially for the older guys, like you're saying, I just call them. I'm like, give me your phone number, and I will call you through my computer and record the audio through your phone. And it, it won't be the best, but it will be the interview. And that's how right. I, there's a few names that I'm very glad that I got to talk to. Uh, Bruce Nicholson comes to mind. Dwayne Dunham comes to mind. Uh, Nick Gillard comes to mind. That were phone calls that would never have happened if I said, hey, please come on Skype. Um, but just by being flexible and by being like, hey, I will literally call you. Like, you don't have to worry about any technology. We can just do it. Um, those have been some of the best conversations. Nick Gillard pulled. He was he was driving from set, pulled off in a gas station in the middle of oh, Scotland geez. or something. In, the, in a field to do the interview for tw it's like a 17 minute interview and it was incredible and so um it's just i just again meet the guests where they are and try not to make it too complicated and hope for the best some of the stories also and i look back to the john celestri the uh -huh. animator for the on the boba fett on the holiday special and one of the things I liked about that one in particular is I, I think in some cases these stories, like I said, these stories, they may have been told in a magazine or, you know, so forth, but they don't they don't come out unless you, you kind of go and get them. And I think that's one of the one of the many things that, like I said, makes this uh, a, a podcast I so enjoy listening to because, you know, you, you know, you always think of yourself as, you know, you first you start off like I was the Star Wars guy for my group. And then you start, you yeah. know, you, when you cast, when you keep moving out into the stratosphere of, of the fandom, you just realize, like, nah, I don't even, I'm not even coming close <laughs> to some of this. Right. Um, but that, that in particular was a story I enjoyed a lot. Um, and, you know, it, it, a lot of it because I don't think I have seen the full holiday special together since it came out <laughs> when I saw it live. Um, and... It wasn't until I think it was around that time I went and I, you know, like thankfully that is on YouTube, and I was surprised how well that that cartoon held up, and yeah. some of the voices. And I look back, I said, "That's that's that's solid Star Wars for that time." Um, it's really beautiful. And again, if we're talking about eBay, I can we can go through my eBay saved searches <laughs> that are just kind of there that notify me when something new is up. And one of the things that I really want, but I do not have yet, I have stuff from Droids, I have stuff from Ewoks. Um, I'm trying to get stuff from Clone Wars, but the one thing I really want is a holiday special cell, an animation cell, which you can get, and they exist. They're very rare because it is such a short um, – it's only 10 minutes. 
like with droids and Ewoks, it's a lot easier to get those. And it's, it is a great collectible to have something I really recommend a lot of people because you can get a really beautiful one with a painted background for like $60 because there were 60 episodes. Right. right. And so like, there's so much. Um, and then the other one that's tough to get because there weren't that many episodes is, is the Jendi Clone Wars, right? The animated micro series, because that's mm-hmm. only two hours of, of content and those are beautiful as well. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I have the holiday special, um, saved as an eBay search, just, just in case something pops up. So one of these days, one of these days it'll happen. I'm going, I mean, we can do that. If you want me to go through my, my eBay save searches, actually that might reveal a couple too many of my secrets. I might, I might. I only have, I only have a couple, but it, well, I, I get your feel of the, uh, I think I was on a six month search for a, you know, a, a, the Kenner, the micro collection, the death star. There was part of the death star world mm-hmm. that I didn't have. And I was looking for one in, in decent enough shape that had X, Y, and Z. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember when it finally came up for the price I was looking for and what it had in it, you know, cause the control consoles, the center console usually didn't have all the stickers. I was like, that's what I'm getting. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, I, I can tell you, yeah, that it's the hunt. And when you get that one, I do have a couple other searches and you go, Oh wow. Uh, it, it is, it is really, uh, it is, it's really nice when you can make that go. All right. Uh, it's, it's going down today. Um, but in, in, in addition, in addition to that, when I was listening to the Paul David's one, like I said, some of these are fresh from my mind, but it, you know, I, I goes back to one. I wasn't there, but I remember, you know, you, you are very knowledgeable in an era that I should be, but I remember in the early night, I remember when hair to the empire came out and I, I picked it up and I just, I couldn't get into it because the voices in my, the voices that, mm-hmm. that he was trying to speak, Timothy Zahn were trying to, you know, speak for these characters. I just, it just, what you know, like, I think it was one of those, by that time, I didn't, you know, you had everything that, you know, Luke Han and Leia said in your head as, this is how it, you know, you really can't right. think outside that. But, you know, when he's going over all the books, when you're going over that particular section, there's a ton of, of, you know, stories that come out. And then when Dave, Dave Dorman's talking about doing all the Dark Horse stuff, and I'm just thinking of what an era for someone who was ready to gobble up Star Wars. You know, now we kind of like, no. you kind of, you can say, okay, whatever the extended, expanded universe. But for that time, and I'm, I'm assuming you can you start back into it, that just had to have been, you know, anything went as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And I'm sure, but, you know, do you have, I mean, your view on the expanded universe, I mean, really it's something you take to heart, isn't it? Yeah. I I mean, again, not to date myself, and you can see me, so you know how old I oh, am. Oh, please. Or you can at least kind of guess, right? <laughs> So I was born in the per- in, in the perfect time to be a Star Wars fan, I think. More than 1977, more than anything. I was born in 1992, which meant I got to see special editions in the theater, right? And, like, realize it and recognize it and see all the promotion and all the KFCs. And then I got to read all these books that were coming out, like Love of Darth Vader, Junior Jedi Knights, so all this stuff. And then Phantom Menace came out, and I got to see all that, the Pepsi stuff, the pizza. I got to see all that stuff. And then I got to like be a fan and like be like, what's going to happen in episode two? What's going to happen in episode three? And like grow up with it. And so I was probably 16 when Revenge of the Sith came out. And then I was able to be a fan. And I went to college and I was the Star Wars guy, like you're saying. And then in college, they were like, we're making new Star Wars movies. (laughs) And Force Awakens came out the day I graduated grad school. And so Star Wars has been like a formative part of my life because every new star Wars has come out in a time where I could 
appreciate it and appreciate it for like the fullness of it, whether it is the expanded universe or legends or, or the new canon or whatever it is. I'm just like primed and be like, yes, this is all fine. All of this is relatively stupid. <laughs> like everything is great. And it's, it's just something that has brought me such consistent joy. And I think that's so important to remember. And I think that's something that a lot of us hold on to, right? Is the joy that we initially felt. And I feel very lucky where I was able to feel that joy over and over again, right? I didn't have any like resentment or, or like, oh, like that wasn't really my Star Wars because my Star Wars was was six movies within ten years, really. Um, and plus, every single I read every single book that came out because my school library brought them all in, and so I, I mean, I just kind of devoured everything, and then kind of just continued that forever. And I got very lucky with again with when I was born, and um, I I don't take that for granted, really. I love the fact that you say something that I think folks of my generation have beaten like a dead horse and saying, and I, I have, I have said this for you. I was born in the perfect time. I was set, you know, about seven yeah. when I saw it for the first time. And I, I, I come to let that go. I, I, yeah. I want to say it. I'm going to say it, but I'm like, I want to let that go because I don't want to take away anything, any kind of joy someone has. And I know that when we got, you know, last last two years ago now, we're coming up on two years from about two years from celebration here. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting, you know, I got in, I was in on the I think the overflow for the Phantom Menace, mm. you know, the Phantom Menace celebration, which I, I went to something else. But I remember <laughs> I remember going, you know what, revisiting that film, you know, there's that there's that build up to that 20th anniversary. And you go, you know what? Enjoy it for enjoy it for what it is, and you find you start to find those subtleties subtleties in it, and the things that you really enjoy. But I'm like, you know, let go. And I think the worst thing is when you find out years later about the toll it took on some of those actors. Yeah. And you go, why am I? Why do I hate this? So, or you know, why do I have show this? Right. Everything out there, and I think someone said everything out there is somebody's favorite thing, whether it's the goofiest of the of the expanded universe, some of those titles. Or the cartoons, or this or that. I'm like, why are we? Who am I to say when the best time to be a Star mm-hmm. Wars fan is? Now is the best time to be a Star Wars fan. Any any yeah. time, any time, any era. Because now I can go back. I'm going back and finding, you know, the cards from the '90s that I, I you know, I didn't start collecting until you know five or six years ago. But I, I had kind of collected up to the point where I, you know, I left the states and. It wasn't until I came back, and even afterwards, I remember, you know, the Wide Vision. I remember looking in stores, mm-hmm. seeing seeing the 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 prequel Wide Vision cards, and going, "That's not the way cards are sized." And I ignored <laughs> it, right? And I'm I'm paying for that, literally by paying <laughs> for that. You know, I should just right. go, just take it, enjoy it. You know, I even I would probably even if I saw the Seven Eleven uh, Slurpee toppers with the crazy Jar Jar on it, or the or the you know the Anakin with the helmet on, I go, you know. I'm the one I remember going into Denny's during the during the solo uh, the Star uh-huh. Wars and you know I went in there specifically cuz I I was the one that told the waitress how many you were allowed to sell me cuz I know exactly right. how many packs you're so you were like well, I think I you're supposed to limit like 3 or 4 yeah. yeah and then when she goes you know when she was like do you want do you want the cup and I see there's Lando and the cup and the Millennium Falcon. I'm like, give me the cup. I walked out of there. I was like, you know, <laughs> if I if I would have thought about it now, I probably would have stole. I had to steal a menu, right? Because you're like, that's the one thing right. I I would have done is like, how much for the menu? They probably just would have gave it to me because I was such right. an idiot. Uh, and by the way, three trips, three Denny's trips to get the whole set of the cards. 
Uh, you beat my story because I was about to come and be like, oh, you know what I did for the Denny's thing? Because me and my <laughs> buddy were like, we were like, okay, we went just like we were like, give us everything on the Star Wars menu, <laughs> one of every. <laughs> and that menu was terrible. I mean, you could attest because you worked time. That menu was the worst, right? The Pop Rocks. That was so bad. And it was. It just made me feel so sick. But it made me feel good. Anyway, uh, no. But you're but... bringing up great points, which is just like, I think it's very important for all Star Wars fans just to, again, recognize. Some Star Wars movies are not my favorite Star Wars movies. Some things that have happened recently are not my favorite things. But you know what I'm not going to do? Like, make that my whole Twitter personality, right? Or not mm-hmm. make that my whole, like, life's goal. Because, again, like, you and I are making a podcast for Star Wars, an entity we don't own or work for or get paid for, right? We do this in our spare time. You 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 break boxes, and I look on eBay for dumb things. <laughs> and it's just because it brings us joy. And if we can't identify that things bring other people joy that we might not have liked or we don't agree with or whatever it is, then what's the, what's the point of all mm-hmm. of like being a fan if you're not like enjoying it? Cause I feel like, I mean, there's so many great people on star Wars Twitter and that I've made friends with. And I'm just like, that's been the best part of the show really is getting to know people. But then I see all the like vitriol and just like not liking star Wars. I'm like, okay, congratulations. You liked two star Wars movies. You liked star Wars and empire strikes back. You didn't like return of the Jedi because of the Ewoks. And then you just like have been yelling about it for 40 years. Like, I'm sorry, go like something else. Like go, go do something with, with your life. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, but, um, but that's kind of where I stand. It's just like, let people like what they like, don't bash on them. And then I'm in a very privileged position. I always say it because I'm able to talk to people that worked on star Wars. And so like you're saying, it brings me more appreciation for the prequels it brings me more appreciation for the sequels. It brings me more appreciation for the bad books that came out, whatever it is, by getting to meet the people that did it and getting to talk to them for an hour, getting to hear their story. You realize, oh, you're not doing that just to mess with me or just because, you know, like you're trying to ruin my fandom. You're doing this because you also love Star Wars or you love whatever you were doing. You're very passionate. You're very talented. And I that's been a, a very key takeaway for me, especially recently. It's just like, okay, maybe I didn't like the most recent Star Wars movie as much as I would have loved to, but then getting to talk to everyone that worked on it, I'm like, oh, everyone that worked on this loves Star Wars, did this with the best intentions. I I can get over it. <laughs> like, there are cool things in there. And even if it's my least favorite Star Wars movie of all time, I'm still going to watch it once every two months. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just very important to kind of keep... I feel like the word positivity is thrown around so much in the fandom. And I feel like that's it's not a misplaced sentiment, but I think being positive for the right reasons is very important while still being critical of the thing that you enjoy. Again, we're being consumerists right now. Right? We're, <laughs> we're, we're just paying Disney a bunch of money for stuff, right? And so if, if we're able to criticize intelligently and then leave it alone, that's fine. But if you belabor the point and just kind of like never find enjoyment ever again – then there's really no point in being a fan of something. So, no, and I think the uh, in going back to the Richard Stride Stride one, he was talking about like you know he'd be done with his his bit, and he asked to stay on set and watch, mm-hmm. which not only got him more, but I loved when he talked about that guy who was in the back working on on the video for twelve hours at a pop. And that's all he did. And almost like people were kind of forgetting, you know, he kind of go like, you know, they forget about this guy that's just back there. That's all he does. And that's the thing I think when, when, when people kind of go off and go, oh, that kind of sucks. I'm like, no, there are, you know, hundreds, thousands of people (laughs) who, you know, like, okay, 
if if I pulled everyone, would everyone been like, you know, hey, I'm going to give 110%. Someone probably said, okay, this is my job. And I'm like, so many people have put so much into it that most are unaware of what their, you know, what that particular task took. You know, Richard jumping off of eight different boxes <laughs> so that you can complain about eight different, you know, how, you know, the right. clones in it going, no, but that, 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 all that work went in that, that little piece right there and that guy. And I think I should task you, we should find that guy who was sitting back there for 12. He's, he's probably got some stories. He's right? got some stories. He's got some stories of going, man, did I see a lot of bad video, but you know, <laughs> or this or that, but I mean, even that little bits, you know, like I remember, you know, he was talking like, yeah, we were sitting there reading. Oh, who was it? Oh, it was like he was talking about the Darth Vader appearance and him and um, Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson sitting there reading a book. I'm reading a book. Yeah. I'm like, you were sitting next to Samuel Jackson reading a book. I would have been like, I would pay money. You know, like we, you know, imagine <laughs> right. the next celebrations. Like you yeah. can, you can pay to sit next to somebody as they're on their break. You can't talk to them, <laughs> but you can say you sit next to them. I bet you, you like read a who- book next to Sam Jackson. It'll be two hundred dollars. Will you do it? Yes, I will. And read pop. You can thank me for that million dollar ID. You know, idea like, or they're basically like even the queue of waiting for the queue, like, all right, we've got this green room and we have this, you're like, you're basically sit next to them. You can't talk to them, you can't interact to them, but you can totally do that. And and we'll give you a poster. I'm, I'm telling you, people would just line oh. up. Um, but on that, you know, going back to your comment, it's like, as something as silly as the Denny's menu or the crossover, which I think mm. one of the real tragedies you know, coming back from where, as as, we, as we're kind of talking about all these tie-ins, mm-hmm. is that one of the you know, like we we clearly know that they're going to make black series figures until everybody's long dead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Hasbro and them are going to do that. But when is the next time you are going to see a restaurant crossover menu and all that hype? I think one of the big tragedies is not. Yes, the box office results for Solo were, were poor, and you can go into that. Mm-hmm. But all the things that I think, because there, there, I thought you saw the tail end of what you would, you know, you would see as this marketing buildup for a Star Wars thing. Okay, maybe you could, uh, you know, Mandalorian fruit lo- roll-ups, sure, cereal, sure. But that, just that, those, those odd, those things, the the tie-ins with the Seven Eleven and things like that. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna see that again? Is my yeah, it's interesting just to think about. I mean, you think about Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker had McDonald's toys, mm-hmm. which were not good toys, but they were, they had a McDonald's. <laughs> um, I didn't buy any out of protest because I was like, this is bad. Everyone knows this is bad. They're on my Christmas tree. I'll have you know this, by the way. But oh, no, continue. <laughs> there we go. No, no, no. I, I stand by. No, no, no. Uh, but what's interesting to me, the like you brought up Black Series and you brought up all this stuff. The things that always gravitated me towards Star Wars and if we're talking about maybe the things that are missing or the things that might not be happening in the future, it's very interesting to me seeing this new generation grow up with Star Wars, right? Again, like we're talking about the new sequel trilogy that might not be some people's favorite things, but for a seven-year-old right now, it is their favorite thing in the entire world, right? But they are not interacting with Star Wars the way that someone born in 70 interacted with Star Wars or even someone born in 90 interacted with Star Wars, right? They're interacting with Star Wars with the Mandalorian on Fortnite. They're interacting with Star Wars on Minecraft, right? They're doing they're doing it in a new way, which is something that we all need to just kind of understand because I think there's a part of the fandom that's like, how dare Hasbro not make these action figures <laughs> or these aliens or these whatever? And there's part of me that's like, yes, I would love, I still want the Jedi Luke crate black series toy more than anything like more than anything why haven't we gotten that 
but then there's part of me that's like they they have to make things to make money right and after a while and it's it has sucked seeing like the 375 line like become a five points of articulation most of the time right unless it's a vintage collection right like but it's also people get very upset about that and you have to be like let's take a step back you said you're a marketing manager i work in marketing and it's like okay let's all understand that this is a business this is how people operate and yes it sucks that kids are more attached to their tablet than they are to physical items but we have to think about <laughs> what they're making toys for <laughs> and and i think hasbro for what it's worth has done a valiant job in keeping the adult collector market going and tops as well has been very interesting to see over especially the past couple years when they got the autograph license which i think they just lost but like them trying to pair all of that together and create products that people will enjoy um especially the adult collectors um and so it's it's finding that balance and like you're saying will we ever see another denny's menu i hope so but it was a very they did it for the hobbit twice or three times i remember and i went to those um I hate Teddy. So part of that is that experience, though, and that communal shared experience. Like we're able to talk about something that happened three years ago that we both did, right? That we both like Mm -hmm. were dumb. We had to tell a waitress, please go give me more trading cards, right? Like, please ease up on the Pop Rocks. But that made us like right now while we're talking closer Star Wars fans and closer friends and like being able to share that experience we just have to find new ways to do that. And Twitter has been a great way to do that. Podcasts has been a great way to do that. And as we carve out new spaces and as the movies become less marketed or differently marketed or the TV shows don't really have any tie-ins, whatever it is, I think it's just kind of us trying to figure out where where being a physical Star Wars fan is, right? With no conventions this year, that was very tough, right? And so, like, finding ways to interact like this that's why like i tweeted like please invite me on your show so i can talk about star wars with somebody (laughs) like i that's all i need um because that's 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 the beauty of being a star wars fan because you cannot like a star wars movie and i'd be like oh that's like my third favorite man and then we're cool (laughs) like it's fine (laughs) so like um i don't know if there was a point but it's just like what you like who cares and then just understand that things are changing and you're getting older, I'm getting older, and eventually neither of us are going to be any target market for anything, right? I'm going to be a six-year-old crotchety <laughs> man being like, how dare they not make, like, queel life-size figures for my deck, right? Like, how dare they? So, like, I don't know. I think we're, we just have to grow and adapt and, and, you know, figure out, like, Star Wars necessarily sometimes is not for, for us. And sometimes it is, so... What are the thing? Which what are you looking forward to, the most? I mean, what's I think what's nice is I think is that, that you know, Talking Bay ninety four. And you know, current releases are kind of two different tracks, and I think that you can sidestep. You know what I thought. You know, like uh, what was interesting is you know the Mandalorian come you know Clone Wars and the Mandalorian come out right, and it becomes like a weekly. You know, like it it's the it's a schedule and it kind of creates a new way to appreciate star Wars. But when you come up to this year and some of the things that are coming out, because at some point all the stuff's got to drop at some point, what are you personally looking forward to and why? It's easy for me to say Kenobi as a prequel kid. And I think that's going to be just an incredible thing for us all to kind of, kind of 
revitalize the prequels and understand it in a new light, just like the Clone Wars did. But I think, especially of all the announcements, all the things that are happening, the thing that makes me the most excited, because it's the weirdest, and we don't know what it is, and I'm like, okay, more new voices in Star Wars, is the Visions show. Mm. That they the animated uh, Japanese, like they got 10 different Japanese anime studios to each do their unique take spanning 10,000 years of Star Wars. Like, that's going to be crazy. And like, there's not going to be like, oh, like here's the Reddit Star Wars leaks of how this advanced <laughs> the lore, right? Like, like it's going to just be like visually interesting and telling unique stories. And some of that is my favorite Star Wars, right? Like the Star Wars Tales comic books are some of the best Star Wars just because they're wacky and they're different and each one is is weird and unique. And I think when you take that uniqueness and you take then, like what we're seeing with The Mandalorian being so successful is because Favreau and Filoni took what inspired them about Star Wars and put it into a show. And as we see people, whether it's people that grew up with the prequels or with the sequels in 20 years, whatever it is, as we see those people start making things, that's what gets me excited, right? Because that's when... Like, I'm sure there's a guy working at Hasbro that's my age and was like, you know what people would go crazy for? A Jar Jar Binks $30 six-inch Black Series figure. And you know what is sold out at every single Target and that I have two of? The six-inch Jar Jar Black Series that they're about they're announcing on Friday. I don't know when this episode goes out. The rumor is that they're reprinting that on the big vintage Phantom Menace card, you know, to like celebrate <laughs> Phantom Menace. Like we're getting to a point where people that are inspired by different facets of Star Wars, whether it is Return of the Jedi or the Phantom Menace or the Rise of Skywalker, are all going to be able to tell stories in Star Wars. And it's no longer George Lucas' Star Wars, which is something that we need to let go of, I think. But it's it's coming from that same place of inspiration, which I think is is super important and super exciting. So how um I know you've, your wish list is still a mile long, but do you have do you have anyone that you could talk about that is that it, uh, besides we all the, the center of this universe is the one that no one's getting that no one's talking to for obvious reasons it'd be George, mm -hmm. but right. who are some of the who are some of the others that are are, are maybe someone that you could go that that's got to be on your grail list you've got to have a grail yeah. list somewhere. I do. I do. Uh, there's a few. <laughs> You say George, and of course, I would never turn down any opportunity to talk to George. No I question. just think there's – I feel like George has said everything that he's going to say. Like there's no new story. Like you're saying, there's no new stories. So the person really – the top of the list that I will never get is Marsha Lucas, his mm. ex-wife, who edited Star Wars and then Ghost edited Empire and Return of the Jedi. Um, and is really the the reason that Star Wars, especially the original one, works so well. Um and she's been off the grid for 20 years, 30 years after the divorce. And then two years ago, she did one talk in L.A. moderated by Ben Burt. So I flew out <laughs> to that <laughs> just to hear it and to see her, which was great. Um, so she's top of the list, always will be top of the list. I'll never get her top of the list. Um, ben Burt, obviously very, very high up. John Knoll, very, very high up. Doug Chang, very, very high up. Um, so those are a few that I've been, there are a couple that I've actively been trying to get a couple that I've been actively in communication with, you know, and so those now are, are kind of the, the nexus and really what I, what I'm striving for. Um, one thing that I never thought was possible, and then I saw him do a lot of kind of zoom interviews 
for good causes over the past year was Mark Hamill. And that could be very cool, obviously. <laughs> very cool. Um, so, yeah, I I love saying Marsha, Ben, John, Doug, and, and Mark Hamill. So we'll see. One of these days, one of those is going to hit, and it's going to be it's gonna be a crazy day. Oh, gosh. One of the last ones, and I, I'll, I'll bring it to – I know what you uh... – you got. Uh, I appreciate your time on this. There oh, has got, to be. You were saying earlier, like infinite time. I got nothing going on. I, I told you before we went on. Like I have sitting at my parents' house uh, in the suburbs of, of Texas. Uh, not nothing going on. I pour. You know, we're doing great. So whatever. I'm here just to to talk about Star Wars. Now, would you say um, of the guests? I think that, and maybe you could probably pick it up easier on video, but maybe on audio. When you had a guest that started off, you know, maybe a little cold, but sort of warmed up, or can you recall one that just super got into it once they kind of realized what the game was, or somebody almost sort of that that uh, that Mick Fleetwood that's always excited about the interviews for really strange reasons, kind of like that, you know, the, <laughs> the, you know the, the members of the band that oh, I'm real more excited about the band than than the people that you should probably be talking to in the band, but. <laughs> Who, who was amongst the ones that you had most enjoyed as far as like just completely got into it and just had a blast? So the one that I, I'm one of the most proud of is the Bruce Nicholson interview. And you can't really tell from the audio because I cut it around a little bit. But he started off very slow. He is the Academy Award winner. He They made an Academy Award for him for Empire Strikes Back. Him and Richard Edlund and Dennis Murin and Bruce Nicholson and someone else all won – a special achievement Academy award for visual effects because they were not, there was not one <laughs> like they created that because of their work. And so I was able to interview him and he started off very slow and, and, and was like, who cares? And it really was me just trying to guide it a little bit and me kind of placing very gingerly a couple like clues that like, I know who he is. I know what he did, you know, and like how, how important that is. And then he just like really got into it and like, it speeds up and the ending is crazy. The ending, because <laughs> he, he also worked on Raiders of the Lost Ark and won an Academy Award for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he worked on the um, Ark of the Covenant scene at the very end where they open the yeah. Ark and the ghost comes. And he's like, and it has haunted me to this day. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and he is like, yes, there's a, there's a frame of that that looks terrible. And oh, I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why it looks terrible. It didn't look terrible when we imported it in. But then when it was put for projection, they just forgot a plate and it looks really bad and they've never fixed it. And me and Phil Tippett have gone in and fixed it and we sent it to them for the 40th anniversary and they're not going to fix it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like, <laughs> a, this is like one of the most perfect movies of all time. B, it's probably one of the most like crazy endings of all time. And like one of my favorite like movie scenes ever, right? The opening of the arc. And the man that is responsible for how cool it looked is has been pissed about it for 40 years. <laughs> and it was just like such a cool like experience for him to like get into it and be like, okay, I can talk about this to someone that at least like cares a little bit. And it was really cool. So that, that really stands out to me as like someone that like started off super cold and we ended and, and he was super um, enthusiastic and just very gracious with his time. And I really appreciated that. Um, so, yeah. And does it feel weird when those have to end because that you now you have to kind of like, okay, you know, I, I've had those sometimes where you go, all right, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to reel this in. Right. But yeah, it has to be sort of weird. I go, okay, thank you. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, mean, it's, 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 I go, I, I stop and I'm like, 
all right, that's it. Like, that was great. Thank you. I'll send you the edited copy. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> like, you just have to, like, <laughs> it just depends. And again, like, there's part of me that loves a long episode, right? I love looking at, I think Todd Vaziri was like a two and a half hour recording. <laughs> Paul Duncan was like two hours. And you look at that, you're like, wow, that was incredible. I'm so glad I had that conversation. And then you end the recording and you say bye. And then you're like, oh my God, I have to edit two and a half hours. <laughs> Is this going to be okay? Because again, I'm I am like crazy with editing, and so it probably takes me like quadruple the amount of time that the runtime of the episode is to edit an episode. And so when you look at a two-hour episode, you're like, oh, that's going to be not fun. Um, but at the end of the day, like like you're looking through all the episodes, and I'm I'm looking through them as we're talking, and like every single one, I'm just like so proud of, and that's been just like such a a great fruitful experience, and probably like the creative thing I am the most proud of. And so um, I wouldn't really trade any of those sleepless nights uh, <laughs> for the world. <laughs> I would say to most folks that, that all of these, and I know that I, I have some work to do on some of these are all amazing. But if you had to, if you had to give me a list, if you had to give me a short list of the, for God's sake, please listen to these ones. What would that, handful be if if you could it's it's like trying to to pick your favorite children i know um (laughs) but what would be ones besides you know some of the ones we talked about that are i can't miss or you like dude you got to listen to this one so there's a few that are i'm very proud of um one of the ones that always stands out to me and i always recommend it to especially people that maybe don't care as much is the greg proops episode who he oh played one of the two-headed announcers in The Phantom Menace as a pod race announcer. But he's also an incredible comedian, right? He's one of like the five guys on Whose Lines It Anyway. Oh, yeah. Incredible. So I reached out to him, again, pretty early on in the show. And I saw he was coming to Dallas, where I live. And I was like, hey, I, I know you probably don't want to, but if you wanted to talk about Star Wars, I would love to buy you a drink and talk about Star Wars after your show. And he was like, all right, man, let's do it. So the show <laughs> ended. It was great. And then I'm hanging out with my producer and he's like, Brandon. And I'm like, yes. He's like, come on back. And we drink a little bit and he's just chain smoking cigarettes and it's me and him. I'm recording him on the couch and then his openers are in front of us and he is just, he's doing a a, a standup show, but about his time putting on makeup and learning Hatties and you know, whatever. And incredible. So one of my favorite episodes even now, and that's pretty, it's probably episode like 20. Um, yeah, that goes back to uh, 2018. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then the Sam Witwer episode, I'm very proud of just because of his passion. And it was right before the Clone War Siege of Mandalore came out. And so he couldn't really he, – he had just seen it all and just needed to, like, yell about it. And so it's pretty cool going back and listening to it, knowing what he knows is going to happen in that show, right? Because he knows everything and it's, like, two weeks before it comes out. And it was a great – you know, incredible to talk to him. Um, so I really recommend that one as well for anyone would find that one enjoyable, hopefully. Um, and then of course the Dennis Murin and Phil Tippett episodes, I'm very proud of just because that combined is 25 Academy Awards or something crazy. You know, like, it's just like, (laughs) that's a, that's a crazy thing that I got to talk to both of those guys. Um, and so, yeah, if, if you had to listen to a Talking Bay 94 episode, I'd recommend one of those at least. I'm like silently queuing up a couple of these because some of these I haven't. <laughs> yeah, there, there, that was that was really more of a personal like list. Like, okay, listen to this, this, this. I'm like, okay, okay. 
<laughs> there you go. If you, oh, I, I, I do have to, I do have to, in thinking of your time, I do have to kind of bring yeah. this to a close. Otherwise, otherwise, <clears throat> otherwise we're going to, I'm going to go on and uh, ask you a bunch <laughs> of other questions. That, that I think is the, uh, what did, uh, what did somebody say to me? Like, you know, podcasters don't have conversations. They have episodes. I've said that a lot lately, <laughs> I love it. but I, yeah. I believe this to be true. Um, but yeah, and that's why sometimes I, it's almost like, it's almost like when you have these kind of shows where you're like, I just want to sit and talk to somebody and it's almost like I'm getting a private <laughs> talking Bay 94 all to my own. Um, <laughs> but lastly, if someone hasn't figured out where you are by now, can you, uh, can you let us know where they can find you and what's the, uh, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. Uh, you can find talking Bay 94 everywhere. Uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the show, I hope <laughs> Talking Bay 94 <laughs> is also there. Um, uh, and yeah, episodes every Wednesday, one-on-one interviews with the cast, crew, and creators of Star Wars. Um, and then Twitter, especially I'm very active on Twitter at Talking Bay 94, and that's where you can find, as we talked about at the top of the show, all of my dumb purchases. Uh, you can tell me not to buy something. You can tell me <laughs> to buy something, and we can see if that works out. You can send me stuff to buy, uh, but just know that I've probably already seen it because uh, I get aggressive email notifications. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, Greg, thank you for inviting me on because I, I don't collect cards as much as I, I used to growing up uh, collect everything. And then we can talk after this because I think you can tell me because I, I, I did the Star Wars card trader for the first year it was out. So Force Awakens, and I have all of that. I have all those cards. And I need to figure out, like, are they worth anything? You know what I mean? So we can talk after the show. I was going to say, there, there's a couple if you have, you should be unloading. Um, yes. You're and not You're not the only one anyways. that did that. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, thank you for having me on and letting me just, like, vent about the, the purchases I've been making. <laughs> uh, because I appreciate it. This was so much fun. <laughs> well, and it goes back to, I remember, like, you know, you had hit the, you'd hit the circuit. And then I remember I was like, like, all right, can I be like the, can I be the like third or fourth? And then, you know, um, <laughs> that fella from, you know, Ach2 Radio, a great podcast, by the way. And I've, I'm spacing on his name was sort of like, well, he's on mine too. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, and I think that's also when, when we're doing stuff like this, um, it's fun because I want to let those shows also be what they are. And especially if you hit the circuit, I'm like, okay, let's, I want to do something a little different. And in that way, it becomes a companion piece to some of that. And in that way, yeah. it's not such a, oh, I love it. um, and that's because, why yeah, I love, again, I, yeah, no, I love it. And thank you. Uh, all new, I've never answered most of these questions. So this is all great. I love it. <laughs> and also, like I said, thank you so much for, you know, as, as I was like taking notes during the Dorman episode to go, you know, like I think, and it goes back to, like, here's one, one thing. You know, when you're talking to somebody that has that long breadth of how do you how do you cut it? How how do you how do you get what you need to but still make it feel like it's not paint by numbers and and I think it's what you do the best and you're one of the best out there and I really, really (laughs) love listening listening to this. And like I said, it's it's you know, when I'm thinking of like what my shows are gonna be and yes, it's about cards, it's about collecting, it's about the community. And, you know, when I'm doing these and, you know, it's always fun. Like I said, the more I have people on, the less people hear of me, less I have to talk. But I, the, you know, your show needs to be out there. It needs to keep going. You need to keep finding these folks and these folks need to spend some time because I think it's that, it's that content that we're in most cases not going to get. 
and someone yeah. has someone has to lead that fight for however long you do it before it's like all right i gotta stop <laughs> yeah one, one of these days it's gonna end but i'll be able to look back on again 100 episodes and be very i'm very proud of them all as kind of an oral history of, of how star wars was made and a bunch of different small stories. And so, um, again, thank you for <laughs> inviting me on and telling me all these nice things about uh, how not terrible I am. Because all I do is I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> you're, you're terrible. <laughs> so, my, my secret I, to booking guests is to thank them and and, uh, and praise them incessantly. So you felt you, you felt right. Look at it. that. You work great. <laughs> all right, thanks. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? Once again, my thanks to Brandon for being on the program tonight. It was a pleasure to get a chance to talk with him and find out some of the backstory on Talking Bay 94 and, well, those eBay listings of his on Twitter. If you get a chance, please do yourself a favor and uh, start listening to that podcast. You'll not regret it. Any feedback for tonight's episode can be made a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode. You can also DM me on Instagram at RebelBaseCard, as well as Twitter, where you can also find me at RebelBaseCard. You can email the program, greg at RebelBaseCard.com, and also find me on Facebook at RebelBaseCard. Pretty simple. You can also find the show notes for this and all episodes on the website, RebelBaseCard.com. In the Star Wars Card Trader app and, well, just about every other Card Trader app, you can find me at CornFedTech. I use the hashtag CardSquadron not only for the way to put out the word on cool cards and card collecting, but as a way to bring the community a little closer together. We collect, communicate, and commiserate when we run out of credits and crystals to spend in the app. Join in on the fun. Plus, well, all the other cool squadron names were already taken. We collect as one, and would be honored if you would join us. And if you were a sketch card artist, or Star Wars artist, or collector, cosplayer, podcaster, and want to talk about your work, craft, or passion, Drop me a line. Maybe we can work something out. I'd love to get a chance to listen to your story. You can also help out the program by leaving a comment and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this podcast from. And if you find me on the socials, also helps to follow me there as well. Otherwise, keep those cards out of the hands of the Empire folks, and I'll talk to you soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline, off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www dot starwars dot com